Remember when Veronica was running Uncut Gems? I do remember when Veronica was running Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. Sorry, it's pronounced Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Veronica was the muse for Uncut Gems. Right, she was actually, she was Jasati's muse when he made yeah, Uncut Gems, right. you know, Uncut and Gems. stuff like that. Yeah, Uncut Gems, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and gals and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. And Kate Batter. This is your favorite Riverdale fan podcast hosted by two older comedians that really are too old to be doing this show. Too old. Kate is shaking her head and saying too old. (laughs) We are covering the season six finale, Night of the Comet. Uh, pretty exciting. We're, we're pretty pumped. Uh, Kate, what do you think of this, this episode? Um, I had to pot, like, start and stop a lot, which I think did not help. Sure. But also, uh, I was not, like, really feeling it, and then came the musical number, and it really sank any opinion I had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally valid. I, I feel ya. I thought this episode was... There were moments that I thought were really, actually really fun and cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot for a season finale episode of a lot of exposition and a lot of characters sitting around having to explain what was going on because it was overly complex. Yeah. The yeah. twist is interesting at the end. We will get to that. But Yeah. Uh... T- twist is totally interesting. And there were some other interesting elements to the plot and some I moments it... I enjoyed, but... I felt like, once again, this show is really leaning into its uh, soap opera deficiencies in that it's a lot of talking and not a lot of action. And I I feel like a lot of these scenes could have been portrayed in a more active way. (laughs) Yeah. A lot Mm -hmm. of Molly Ringwald not knowing what to do with her hands. Well, (laughs) God bless her. I mean, when she She popped up, I was like... Why are they still bringing her back? There's a scene where she's holding her hands like they're in pockets, but there aren't any pockets. They're just her hands with, like, weird Barbie arms. (laughs) She is really not in a... She's really in an odd place in this show. She didn't need to be in the episode. Agreed. She brought nothing. She brought nothing. She really didn't. We'll get to it. I want to talk a little bit about some of her scenes because they did baffle me. <laughs> and then and the other thing, too, I want to address before we get into it real hardcore is what a big focus it was on Veronica's relationship with Hiram for that not really being a big plot point over the season. And I actually think that they had, had handled that pretty conclusively, actually. Yeah. It felt like they brought it back to address the painting, but none of us had any questions about the painting. Yeah, the painting wasn't a major issue for us. Mm-mm. Yeah, so that was odd as well. So the episode starts with, actually, I do want to note this. 
there was some really interesting uh, camera work in this episode that was pretty good. <laughs> there was a lot of long, lingering glass glances to start the episode that was very slow. <laughs> For yeah, there were some very uh, long close-ups of the core four, which felt kind of intimate, and I enjoyed as we're sort of visiting these characters before we go on this hiatus, you know? So I didn't mind yeah. that. I think what I struggled with it was that their faces didn't, like, tell anything. It was, like, a really long look at Betty, but there was, like, no emotion. It was just, like, remember, this is what she looks like. Yes. Like, it, it served n- no purpose. Yes. <laughs> and then the next the next thing that I thought was notable was that Moose had a line in this episode. I put a little heart next to his name. I know. Very exciting. He had one line. It was great. And then we, we were reminded that after this entire season of them being under Percival's mind control, Frank is nice now, and him and Archie are nice relatives again. And then we had that lovely, once again, very extraneous scene with Alice... Where she like apologized to the girls, and I was and like, Polly and Betty were like, "You did your best," and I'm like, "Did she?" Sure, absolutely. But even beyond that, why that scene was in there within the context, of the rest of the episode didn't totally understand, but that's okay. And mm-hmm. also, much more interesting to me, which has not been addressed at all, the fact that Polly is back from the dead, and she was very mourned on the show. So that would be a more interesting thing for Alice to be traversing through in that scene. That's all. I feel like not only that, but also like Polly came back with Jason and now Jason is dead again. And it is just like, there's so much to unpack in that. And they're yeah. just not addressing anything. And Polly's like, I am the sister I was before this all happened. And that's Everything's it fine. That. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everything is fine. <laughs> then... Uh, Alexandra Cabot came in. Alex, yeah, well first, well, first Reggie gives Veronica the painting of Hiram because he kept it. Yes. Well, he had a wonderful... Remember, they had a nice... They were Doritos bros. <laughs> True, they were Frito-Lay's friends. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, they're going to hang. He, really, he was so fond of Hiram and all their chip-eating experiences. That <laughs> he just had to hang on to that portrait. Yeah, he had to hang on to it. Um... So yeah, he gives it back. That's right. Uh, and then they have uh, that was a later that was a later scene. But I did think that their relationship was pretty mature, which I didn't mind. Yeah, I'm loving back to normal Reggie. Loving back to normal Reggie, and also loving moving on with her life, Veronica as well. Yeah, really yeah. liked Veronica in this episode. Actually, yeah. just overall. Uh, so then Alexander Cabot comes in. Mm-hmm. And has bought She's buying the Tommy Comets chain. Did you know that this podcast is sponsored by Tommy Comets? We love Tommy Comets cheeseburger. Yeah, Tommy Comets cheeseburgers are delicious. If you need a retro cheeseburger, go to Tommy Comets because Tommy Comets has some cheeseburgers that you will love. Tommy yeah. Comets soon to be replaced by Pops franchises across the world. Now, here's a question. Yes. Did Johnny Rockets go out of business? Not to my knowledge, but I... Okay, because this was yes. like clearly a Johnny Rockets thing, but then I was like, are Johnny Rockets still around, actually? Like- I do think there are some here and there. I believe okay. that I've come across some at some airports recently. 
which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then Alexandra, for no reason that is explained, gives <laughs> Tabitha 10 hours to make this very big business decision yep. with no other conversation, which didn't, didn't totally, I didn't totally understand. Mm-mm. But okay. Yep, sure. And then we have the first real scene between the new normal, which is, or at least the new normal for this episode, because the time jump that happened at the end of the episode, who knows? Yeah. But then we have this scene with uh, Tony and Fangs. And Big and, Kid Anthony. And Big Boy Anthony, who is odd. Is <laughs> already a bit of an odd guy. He's getting a tattoo. Fangs is like, sure, I'm tattooing my grown adult baby. <laughs> exactly. And then is like, but I, I'm a little confused as to how old he's supposed to be. And it's totally okay as an adult to express to your parents that you're scared about something. Like, I'm not criticizing that this adult man has a, a nice relationship with his parents. But it did seem like he was being played a little weirdly childlike to me did, did you agree with that or am i yeah well yeah. But time we don't know how he learned to speak That's um nice. but also like what i thought was interesting about this te- scene too is that like he gets the tattoo and they're like you have to have this because now you're the serpent king and you have to make sure that like the serpents don't die out after this comet and i am like tony there are bigger fish to fry right now. Well, this is their, they really feel, I mean, they've equated, you know, the serpents with being comprised with a lot of like the indigenous community of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. So I sort of, I'm cool with them weaving the serpent mythology in with like their cultural heritage, their feelings of cultural heritage and getting why that's important to them. It's so, like, I, I'm okay with it, you know? Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's not like the serpents are all one uh, ethnic background either. You know, like that isn't yeah. totally correct. And it's also not like, uh, you know, we do have a long history of killing out uh, Native people in the Americas and suppressing their culture. Whereas this is a comet. Like this is a natural thing. Like no one else in Riverdale is like, concerned about like all those like men who are like mad their kids won't have kids to like pass on the family name aren't like well but how will the family name continue they're like there's a comment well you know or are they because it is unclear how many people in this town know about this yes it seems like at least the handful of characters that we know know about this yeah and then maybe no one else well the other ones would have had to have figured something out because the force field certainly would have affected everybody and yeah, it's really actually pretty lucky that the force field didn't cause any like fucking horrible car crashes or something, you know, like that mm-hmm. isn't really addressed at all. Cause if you don't know that something like that's happening and you're driving your car at regular speed, you could yeah. get really hurt. You know? <laughs> like, oh my God. But I am going to actually playfully disagree with you a little bit about this point only in that something that I did think was a recurring theme in the episode that they did really well was what are the ways that I need to, as a character, express myself before my inevitable demise? So for Tony and Fangs, 
at their core value was sort of keeping this this serpent's thing alive, right? And then we had some other like really fun examples, like Archie proposes to Betty in a rush. <laughs> uh Tabitha decides Jughead has to watch Titanic, which I thought was like, I don't really give two shits about Titanic either way, personally. Uh, but I thought that that was like a really nice character beat and was very endearing for her. You know, I liked that a lot. So that's sort of what I was, you know, how I, how I interpreted. So I like, I thought that was okay, you know? Okay. I think it's still weird to me because Anthony's. Well, somewhere between one year and 17 well years anthony makes it weird because anthony is a real wild card <laughs> anthony. now that's definitely it's an issue anthony aspect that's really dragging me down on yeah, this yeah, one mommy daddy what are the serpents i am two you know like it's mommy daddy weird. what color is this also i will continue the serpent legacy thank you yeah exactly <laughs> so then we had sort of the first real scene where cheryl and heather conjure up abigail to like figure things out and like cheryl talking basically to herself back and forth i thought was sort of it broke down the conventions of them all playing their ancestors a little bit and was a little weird to me it was real like disney live action yes absolutely absolutely like definitely like not original disney no but like the weird like live action uncomfortable yeah sort of that chintzy well you know i i did think that was something about all the cheryl scenes that i agree with you is like all of the cheryl stuff this episode with the souls and the magic and then the the sex scene which i, I was going to talk about later but i'll talk about it now it all had a real kind of late 90s like Vaseline on the lens, lens. I said like HBO After Dark vibe to it, yeah. personally. But I say that that does fall into the same sort of bad aesthetic genre as those like bad live action Disney movies. Like it did feel a little like a cutscene from that like absolute crap version of Beauty and the Beast from a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, <laughs> and then we learned that for Cheryl, if Cheryl uses all of her powers. Because a comet is made out of ice, and no yes. one else had looked that up. <laughs> and also, like, I mean, it was very convenient that all of a sudden none of their powers worked also, which kind of pissed me off. You know, like, Jughead couldn't open a portal to divert the comet. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I have a lot of questions about Tabitha's. I mean... It got worse and more confusing this episode. Like yeah. she didn't, she didn't see any of this. Yeah, Tabitha. Yeah, Tabitha didn't predict any of this. She said she saw like all of the options, and in all of them, Jughead died. But clearly, that's not the fucking case. Because in one option, Veronica figured it out, and like, <laughs> like it just they doesn't... really, they really just let that all go, didn't they? Yeah. And also there's, the fact uh, that another... just in the last episode, she was like all powerful. Like she was just like playing with time left, right, and center in ways that made no sense. And then in this episode, yeah. she was like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, and okay. then, oh my god, jumping, also probably just jumping ahead, she has that scene where she, like, lives her life out with Jughead. Yes. But at that point, Veronica hasn't figured it out yet. So at that point, every future Tabitha is aware of, Jughead is dead. So what is this future she just went through? I mean, I imagine that she conjured a possible timeline, sort of out of thin air for them to live through. 
so that they could have those experiences. You so know? why didn't she just conjure some some timeline where the comet doesn't destroy everyone? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just feels. I, mean, I don't know why I'm asking. Know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking, but uh. Because she just wanted to have a sweet time with her boy Juggy, and I thought that was lovely. Oh, it was <laughs> but, sweet, and like I almost cried a little bit. And yeah. did ask a lot of questions and shouldn't answer. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so then we learn that <laughs> that uh, the, the so okay, okay, okay. We so learn she will use all of her powers. Yes. To melt the comet. But when she does that, it means like a couple of them might die. A couple of the resurrected. Mm. And it seems like they have like, a, they're unsure if it's going to happen. But if it does happen, they're unsure who's going to die. But it seems like they can maybe pick. And in my head, I'm like, it seems pretty obvious that you should let Nana Rose and Polly go. But I mean, that's just because it makes sense. So why would you ask me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the old woman and the one who like died prior. to I'd the say season. specifically Polly, who was having a pretty wonderful afterlife with the love of her existence. You know, and she was like, she did not die under Percival circumstances. Like she's been dead. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> like she has been a dead character for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we learn that. Uh, Cheryl and Tony are going to need to sleep together. Right, order... because the only way Abigail will help is if she gets to sleep with Thomasina. Yeah, with Thomasina, which is real sleazy on Abigail's part. It's wild. And we learn that Heather is cool with it, because Heather's a witch, and they've really, really made a lot of connotations that just like, all witches are swingers, basically, which is fine. Yep. No judgment Great. for me. It's just like, okay. <laughs> like, and then, but we never, there's never conversation with Fangs about this. And I felt kind of crappy for Fangs during all of this plot line. You well, know? there was like a short discussion where like Cheryl's like, well, it's not like really cheating because it's not like you're sleeping with me. It's well, like yeah, your which body. I bet, I bet that's what Cheryl tells all the girls, you know? Like yeah. Well, she's like, she's like, oh, your consciousness will be kept in a jar. Will it, Cheryl? <laughs> yes. Yes. And then we did see their souls in a jar and that was a little creepy for me, but that's okay. <laughs> so Mary shows up. And I wrote in my notes, oh no! <laughs> I just thought Mary shows up and then nothing else. I just moved right on to the next scene because well, we have to talk about this. Then we get some real nutso dinner table exposition here, kitchen table exposition, where Mary has split with Brooke, mm -hmm. which is a real odd move for the show. And I don't understand why they couldn't keep Mary with someone in her life and what plans they have for Mary. That... There was no reason for her to come back. No, absolutely no reason. I mean, I guess, is she going to factor hardcore into the next season? God, I hope not. Well, I mean, <laughs> she was there in 1950s land, you know, at the end. So maybe that's what they're setting up here and they needed to write Brooke out. But that oh, was disappointing to me. <laughs> yep. And then we had the, the portrait scene mm -hmm. with Veronica, which was... Very weird, because I don't really understand why we needed to say goodbye to Hiram again, but okay. Mm -hmm. 
And then she kissed the portrait and corrodes it, but we can still sort of see the entire portrait. So I thought that was a little odd, but I okay. thought like at first when it started like kind of corroding that it was going to turn like the Hiram in the painting to like a spooky skeleton Hiram in the painting because it would oh, be like supernatural. That would but that's cool. not what happened. That would have been really fun. Yeah, yeah, almost like Disney Haunted Mansion style, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, but no, that is not what happened. Nope. So no, no, then, no. then Archie swings on by, and great scene with KJ being so nice and grounded and human and sweet, and loved how this was all played. Loved how the character asked, "Is this too weird?" Uh, being sensitive of the history of the characters, always nice for the show when it normally doesn't happen, mm -hmm. right? And then Veronica really pulls her shit together and gives Archie a ring, and I like this very much. I like that the engagement ring is going to be one of Veronica's old rings. That just sort of is a nice showing how they're all really, you know, kind to each other friends, which is when yeah. I like these characters. You know what I mean? Remember when Veronica was running Uncut Gems? I do remember when Veronica was running Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. Sorry, it's pronounced Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Veronica was the muse for Uncut Gems. Right, she was actually, she was Joss Atu's muse when he made yeah, Uncut Gems, right. you know, Uncut and Gems. stuff like that. Yeah, Uncut Gems, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so then we learn that Jughead has never seen Titanic. Mm-hmm. Which, and then Jughead says something that is real film bro garbage. <laughs> He says, well, I really like James Cameron's earlier works. So we're talking also, like yeah. Terminator and the Abyss, I suppose. <laughs> like, and okay, also, okay, Juggy. <laughs> like, he just had absolutely no knowledge of Titanic at all in a way that, like, my dude, even if you haven't seen it, like, people are aware. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like not having any knowledge of The Godfather when, like, The Godfather was parodied on, like, every single Saturday morning cartoon in the 90s. Like, it's like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I guess, like, because Jughead's supposed to be, like, 25 in the year 2024 or something. But, like, it's... I feel like even now, like, kids are still, like, aware of Titanic. 100% they're aware of Titanic. It's a huge cultural touchstone. Yeah. And also, Juggy is a film buff. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really... No, this is very out of character. Absolutely. Yeah. But then them sitting on the couch and watching it and him ranting and raving about how much he likes it is very cute. And he's looking really good in this scene and the whole thing is very appealing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we get this scene between Abigail and Thomasina. Mm-hmm. And there was so much tongue involved. Yeah, I really didn't love this sex scene. No, it was gratuitous. It was, and also it just was very unsexy. Yeah, they were both clearly like not into it and not they weren't grossed out. They were just both like this is not for me and I don't know how to make this chemistry happen. Yeah. Very no chemistry between the two actors at this point. Yeah. More chemistry actually later with the kiss between Camilla and Madeline. Later yeah. On which in the show. also had a weird amount of tongue, but yes, but that <laughs> we'll felt, get to that. that felt a little more like there was a vibe there to me. Yeah. It felt, like they were having, it felt like they were having fun filming it. Definitely. And the but uh Madeline and 
Tony. Yeah, yeah. Just felt like they were tired at the end of the day and didn't want to do it. Yeah, not, it wasn't a good scene. Yeah. And then we learn that Archie is allowed to just be scared and he doesn't need to fix anything. And that's a nice thing for shitty men like Archie to remember. So that was good. So Mm -hmm. Archie takes from this that he's not going to listen to this advice. And instead, what's he going to do? He's going to punch through the spell, which is the most on-brand thing this character has done all season. I wrote down, I'm going to break through that barrier so I can marry you, Betty Cooper. Yes! Crazy line. (laughs) Absolutely. Great. So then we learn that they are able to break the barrier if they untie that like crazy ass knot rope yeah here's the thing yes i think it's not actually as hard as it they're making it out to be and i'm basing this entirely on a reality show i watch regularly where there was a challenge where like they had to like unknot something and then like jump around and there were teams of men and women and all of them the women unknotted everything like that and all the men were like i don't know how to work a knot and the women were just like done 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 on like a flying truck at like 80 miles power like this is nothing and like that rope was pretty long but between two people starting on either ends two women with long hair starting on either ends they could get through that knot and did you see who ended up working on the rope during the episode because there was like a very quick shot of it it was cheryl and heather right it was not it was no 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 no. i'm sorry you're right there was a shot of cheryl and heather working on it and then later there was a Look shot of Britta and Nana Rose working on it. Yeah, between the four of them, that knot can be undone. Yeah, and way also, faster than it was. Doing. It was sort of like this thing that was set up, like you have to untie this rope, which I thought was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, and then like wasn't really dealt with again. <laughs> like, no, and they just untied it. And then we had uh, the scene with Betty and Drake, where. Betty gets offered head of the serial killer division of the FBI or the, of the CIA, right? Of the CIA or FBI. Yeah, the FBI. FBI, that's right. And Betty's like really in her head about it. And Drake is like, is it Archie or is it TBK? And I'm like, hey man, there's other things in life. It's Definitely. Something Dr- else. And luckily Drake's- Betty is like, it's something else. Drake's being so reductive. And I'm really glad that Betty rejected Drake's advances because Drake clearly doesn't see Betty as a full-out person. Yeah. Betty lets Drake know that she is moving towards the light. What do you think that means for Betty? I want your prediction because, you I, know. I, at first I was like, she's dying. And then I figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> <laughs> is that like so much of Betty has been focused on this darkness inside of her? And now she's choosing to like kind of flip the script on herself and focus on what's been good inside of her all along. That's what I think. I know that the time jump uh, sort of screws up everything and who knows really where they're going to go with the characters now at this point. Mm -hmm. But I was immediately thinking like, is Betty going to go like open like a cute little cookie store or something or like a cupcake store? Like, is she going to become like cutesy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think mine makes more sense, but I don't mind yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had a scene, the nice scene with Reggie and Veronica. I love this scene. I like this scene a lot, too. There was a lot of fun being had between the two actors. That was great. And then 
also we had a name we had a katie keen name drop yes where she didn't say my friend katie keen in new york and yes. i really appreciated that that they were treating us like like smart adults that like we probably fucking know who katie is at this point yeah they never the all explained anthony either like they really yep. finally in this episode really people know who they are yep they were like i'm gonna go hang out with you know maybe i i'd, I'd go to paris with katie which sounds like an yeah, absolute she's gonna go shopping with katie reggie was gonna get a dog he's always wanted a dog yeah and he said he wanted a dog named vader and reggie's dog in archie comics is named vader so that's super fun that was great mm -hmm. and then i like that ronnie was giving reggie ownership of the casino i thought that was that was very nice yeah, I can't wait to see what Veronica does next. I hope she's just fabulous and nice and great. And then Reggie was like, do you think you see us back together? And Veronica very sweetly was like, I don't. I think I just need some stuff by myself. And Reggie was honestly very much like, okay. Yes, he was very mature about it. Yeah. Reggie, MVP in this episode, actually. Really, really, really I'm, great. I truly loved Reggie in this one. And it yes. makes me like, Veronica, you're missing out. Uh, well, maybe drama, maybe they'll yeah. eventually come together. You know, maybe that'll yeah. be the plot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then we had the scene where Jughead was watching, was watching Titanic, uh -huh. and Tabitha said, "I think you're cuter than Leo," and I agree with her 100%. That Cole yes. Sprouse and Jughead Jones are much more dreamy than Leonardo DiCaprio. So I like that a lot. I mean, certainly current Leo, but. Even yeah. old, like I'd say even Leo. even yeah even OG Leo yeah yeah, <laughs> and then we already talked about this but yeah that time jump is actually one of the best scenes we've like the date it pops where we saw them as you know through an entire life cycle she mm -hmm. thought was one of the best scenes in the whole show like of the whole series if that had been in a season a series finale I probably would have cried but yeah. instead I was just like this is like a weird place but like it was very nice. Well, that had real series finale vibes to it. Yeah. And it also had real we're going to kill Jughead vibes. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. Well, but maybe he, we don't know actually, because in that 50s scene, we didn't see any Jughead, did we? Yes, we did. He was sitting in did his we? typewriter with his classic uh, whoopee cap. Okay. I was. Typewriter. Yeah. I was writing at the end of the episode. Totally so okay. Writing. That's why yeah. I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Um, uh, where were we? Okay. <laughs> and then we have Archie using that like medieval magic mace to try to smash the barrier. Mm -hmm. And big fucking surprise, he can't do it. No. Aren't you shocked, Kate? <laughs> it's wild to think that they couldn't do that. And they had already tried digging their way out. I think we both forgot to mention that because it was dumb and weird. It was boring because it was boring and I don't care. And like, there was there was like a half second where it was like, ooh, we're going to get all the sweaty boys. And then it was like, nope. <laughs> no, it's never going to get Tom Keller in shadow, which is yeah. not how I want Tom Keller photographed. You know? Never. Like when we no. saw really sweaty Archie, I was like, oh, bring Moose into the light. Let's do it. And then it was like, nope. Yeah, and then it was like Men in Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, we get this little flashback scene with Veronica. Yes. That felt really out of place because then at the end of it, she's like, I get it. And I still don't know how that flashback helped her. Yes. <laughs> because then yeah. she compares it to the movie It, and it's like, it was not in the flashback. Oh, I, I guess I think that flashback was actually more for the audience than for. 
her in that the flashback was basically like, remember that this is Veronica's power set. You know what I mean? Because well, we like it's you so so fast and painting. loose. Yes. She, and right. she said she said to Reggie that she was okay without the casino because she had the absinthe. Yeah, she's like, I'm using my powers to the abs. You're right. It was real weird. Um, and then we had like this emergency Ronnie meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like that we – that was a pretty cool structure how we saw where they all were when they were getting the text. I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And Heather is breaking up with Cheryl. How do you feel about this? I um, I just felt like they – knowing how this episode ends, they were like, well, we're not bringing Heather back to the 50s, so we got to get her out of here somehow. Otherwise, yeah. people are going to be mad. And here's the thing, I wouldn't have. I would have just been like, "Yeah, it makes sense." They flash back and they didn't know they didn't know each other. Like that's all I needed. But okay. I guess, yeah. Like I thought Heather was actually a good little match for Cheryl in this whole plot line for the, this last season. Yeah, and I know that we've made fun of they gave that character a weird wig and all that stuff, and for sure. But, like, I was sad to see her go. I feel like she was actually a good character to have around in the show. It seems like they just need to move her to bring Cheryl and Tony back. Yes, but that's another big question that I have for you. I know that a lot of fans super ship Cheryl and Tony. I know that. But, like, this whole it's written in the stars thing, I thought Heather was a much better match for Tony. I mean, for Cheryl than for Tony. And then then Tony. And, like, also – How's Fangs going to deal with this? That's what I was thinking. The whole thing, I was like, it feels like they're getting everyone to, like, couple up in the end. But, like, who's Fangs with? Fangs is going to probably fucking end up with Kevin. And then but Moose. Then Moose gonna be? What yeah. if Moose is with Tom? That would be great. I'd love it if Moose <laughs> ended up with Tom Keller. Or Moose is going to just not be mentioned anymore, which wouldn't surprise me, you know? Or what's weird is that we're going to get a call in a couple weeks. And they're going to be like, we have a role for you. And it's going to be us with Moose in the tropical. So at the end of the show, we're going to cameo and come in yes. and, and we're be like, be Moose, we love you! And oh, then we're going to oh, have you met my the- boyfriend, Moose? <laughs> we're going to be like, who are these people? And they'll be like, they're the hosts of the show that has 60s of viewers or listeners every episode. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, at the same time, if you watch Riverdale, you know it's fine to not have things explained to you. Things just happen. That's true. So maybe it'll be us. That would be great. Uh, then we had the term mom intervention, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Betty proposes to Archie, which I liked. I thought was super dope. Yes. And Archie says yes, and I wish those crazy kids tons of happiness after they survive this weird time jump. Yes, all the best to them and theirs in all future endeavors. Yes. And then we had the emergency meeting mm-hmm. where Veronica was just like, I could use my powers to save everything. And it made absolutely no sense for what we know about Veronica's powers. But okay. They've all yeah. of a sudden, Veronica can absorb everybody else's powers through blood. And it was a lot of writing around a lot of weird concepts they there. They said that it was, like, because she acted like a di- – like, she had an internal dialysis machine, which is, like, why she wasn't poisoning herself. Yes. And then so she, like, acted like the dialysis, dialysis machine, dragging their powers out of their blood the same way you would, uh, like, proteins. Um, yes. Sure. But then, like, the way she transferred it to Cheryl was through smooches. 
Yes. And Cheryl's like, it's queer baiting. And Veronica's like, it's not queer baiting. And then they kiss with so much tongue that it was queer baiting. Absolutely. And just because you are calling it out in a meta way doesn't mean it's not actually the thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely yes. was. <laughs> but I did enjoy that kiss. It was really fun. Yeah. And then we have Cheryl with like every single power ever. Mm -hmm. And mastery over all of them immediately. Yeah. So Cheryl almost becomes like this godlike figure, which I thought was interesting for her. And I kind of want to see Cheryl run amok with all these powers, but I don't think that's where they're going with this. If anyone in this show deserves all the powers at once, it's Cheryl. I agree. And like, see what she does with all of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so then we, you know, after the act break, it's the come to Jesus moment here for the comet and the town. So they of course take a little break for a pretty jarring and shoehorned in musical number here. Yeah. My notes are, Oh no. Why, why I hate this Christ. Will Moose sing? No. Yes. And Moose did not sing. So just for our listeners who are wondering, that song is called the end of the world. It was mm -hmm. by Rob Dixon and then was also that, covered by Billie yeah. Eilish. Yeah. Is that the order that went in? I thought it went the other way. It was no, originally Billie. No, it was originally Rob Dixon and then okay. Billie Eilish covered it. Yeah. And then, so I didn't like any of that at all. No, no, no. no. But I did love Cheryl levitating. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really fun. And in her like big long cloak. Yes, gave her a big long cloak. Like she looked real cool. I liked her, her, you know, her destroying the comet and the little spell she was saying over and over again. That all I really, that all worked for me. I thought that was all super, super fun. Yeah. So then, you know, what happened? And then we have the act break and then we come back. And then the first thing I thought was, oh, this is cool. They're like reestablishing what Riverdale is like. So there's these very cute, very nostalgic close-ups of everything. But then it turns out that they have all been whisked back to 1955, yeah. which means that now we're at least going to get a few episodes or at least one episode of just like all of them basically playing classic versions of their characters, which yeah. I am here for, love it, hope it's the entire last season, quite frankly. What I will say is that their whole like, this is how you know it's the 50s is that James Dean just died. Yes. And it felt like they could have just, done something different with that <laughs> i don't know it felt like they were trying to make it seem like jughead was dead maybe well because we had all this certainly resembled like the afterlife that jughead has returned to a few times now for sure yeah but it's not an afterlife it's an alternate reality that is you know classic archie comics 1955 riverdale yep and that is that's fun and i'm really just looking forward to seeing all, all those cuties in their costumes and I hope that Archie gets himself into a real pickle with Betty and Veronica and who he's going to take to the sock hop, you know? There's going to be a lot of him ringing his collar and going, ooh, ooh, ooh. I hope so, because we haven't seen him do that at all, and that's a real Archie thing that he does. <laughs> and I also hope that uh, Reggie drops a bucket of water on him. Like, these are the things that I need to have happen, you yeah. know? <laughs> Jughead's going to eat so many burgers. I want Jughead to eat a lot of burgers, and I want Hot Dog to be there and come back yes. as well. These are all important yes. things. So we'll see if they happen. <laughs> and I like that finale and I'm into it and I'm excited for the final season. If that's where it's picking up. Yeah. 
So who was on your power list? I have Vegas at the top. Mm-hmm. And then Cheryl and then Veronica. Yep. I have Veronica and Cheryl. Absolutely. And who is on your crush list? Moose. Yeah. Uh, Veronica and Reggie. Great crush list. Totally respected. I have Moose, Cheryl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Heather, just because no more Heather. And I think okay. Heather's great. Okay. Big fan. Okay. So that was the season. That was season six, the penultimate season of Riverdale. Thank God. Okay, I know. We're really we're reaching the home stretch now. Our, the long national nightmare is over. So my question for you is, how do you feel about this season overall now that it's all said and done? This was one of the best seasons. It was! I agree! It, like, I was talking to my mom who doesn't stop listening to the podcast, and I was like, the thing is, the show is good now, so the podcast is, like, kind of less fun. <laughs> but, like, it's so much more fun for us in the moment because, like, I haven't dreaded watching the episodes. Yeah, I have have looked much more forward to watching this season than previous mm-hmm. seasons. And it's because it feels like something new. And actually, we've got to see some really, really fun character beats, which is what I care about the most on this show, because of the powers. Yeah. Which... And it took, we were very against two seasons ago, and now we are very into. Well, we were just worried about how the show would feel once the supernatural was, was, you know, introduced. And now I actually wish they had done it sooner. Yeah, I think that, like, it works because it seems like they have a timeline now. Like, I think if they had done this in season three and had another four seasons after it, it would have maybe been a problem. But, like, bringing it in, like, we're, most, we're almost there. So why I, not just go off the rails? I agree. And wouldn't it have been nice if they had brought in in season three with season four being the final season, you know? Yeah, that's also another thing that could have been really nice. But... Yeah, they could have done that, but they did not do that. They Instead, they have just dragged the show out. But that is great. It's going to be in reruns forever. It's yep. going to be on Netflix until the world burns out. Now. That actor who plays Jason, I mean, what a... What a world. Residuals for days. Absolutely. And I mean, I am certain that in 10 years or so, they're going to do some sort of reunion episode. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wait to do a bonus episode of this show when they do that. Yeah. But yeah, that was season six, everybody. I I think that it's time for us to you know call it a wrap for the season like i have really nothing else to add at this point no i've got nothing else we might come in with some uh one-off episodes yeah yeah in our hiatus but, uh, you might come in yeah. and do some fun one-off stuff yeah but in the meantime you know thanks to everybody who's stuck with us and who's been listening and watching the show you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and write to us there and we're always happy and we'll write back and always have a little interchange with you either on social media or via the podcast and thanks to our editor angeli mercado and our theme songwriter louis aronowitz and we'll see you in a few months for season seven Seven. the final season of riverdale yeah Bye. bye